I'm going to marry him. We stood back side by side in March of 94, arms around each other with milky pasted smiles, displaying all our teeth for the cameraman shouting, Oga, please look this way. And Madame, please move closer to Oga. As we cut the ribbon to the factory Gozi was opening in his hometown, our pictures would appear in the glossy pages of society magazines about flowery articles of the business exploits of Chigozi Azubike, a respected member of the community, and his dutiful wife, one Obianuju Azubike Ni Onwaike, who stood by him through the toughest of times. Mama would buy dozens of copies and distribute them to all her, all her friends and members of Indigo Women's Association of Lagos, and show every visitor that crossed the threshold of her and Papa's household. Her daughter, her own Udru, was now a star. Church members would approach me with timid smiles to say, I saw you in so-and-so magazine, and compliment my expensive wrapper and hair tie, my designer shoes, and I would smile with just the right blend of pleasure, humility, and satisfaction, tilt my head elegantly and say, thank you. Just days before, an expensive earthenware vase with hand-painted red roses, the one Gozi had bought on his last trip to China, cracked on the wall just above my head and shattered in an icy rain around me. You're a witch, Gozi screamed, and I knew I'd dream of those words, the letters dancing in circles around me. You're a witch, you're a witch. Hi, readers. You're welcome to the Something Bookish podcast. And today I am interviewing the author of one of my most recent Nigerian reads. First of all, can you pronounce your name for us so that we can say it confidently when we go outside? <laughs> I want to say, I want to say Odafen. I want to say Odafen. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Now, without dropping any spoilers, what is your book about? Um, so my 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 book follows uh, my my book centers around three main characters Uju and her friend um, Obianuju and her friend um, Adugo and Chinelo. For Obianuju, when she meets um, Gozi in 1978, he's like the perfect man for her. You know, he's tall, he's handsome, he's so charismatic, and but most importantly, he's Igbo. So he's um, He's the perfect man her, um, her mother would want for her. So even, and you have to consider that 1970 was just a few years after the Civil War, you know. So even though she, did, she, um, she, didn't, she didn't know much about him and she still had lingering feelings for a friend of hers, she, she decided to go ahead to marry him when he proposed to her just a few months after meeting. And, and despite her misgivings as well. So, so um, she's very hopeful that the marriage would turn out great, you know, and... And then, what, and then what happens over the next 20 years, we see her struggle in a difficult marriage, having societal pressure, and also lingering feelings for, um, for, her, for, for, for her friend. Mm. And also we see, we, we see her, her and her mother struggle to deal with the loss of her uncle during the Nigerian Civil War, mm. who was actually the main reason she married Gozi in the first place, because he reminded her strongly of her missing uncle. And then, so we see the, stru the struggle with loss. We see the struggle, and uh, the struggle women generally face in society to conform. And then also we see we, we see her friends' lives and how their their own lives transform over over the next twenty years based on their decisions and also and also society around them. And then we have to also remember that 1970, 1970 to nineteen ninety nine was a very um, was a very political period for Nigeria in terms of military uh, military regimes. You know? Yeah. So, so, so there was that as well. So, in, in the midst of political turmoil, um, we we see her struggles, and we see. And so, it's a story of love. It's a story of friendship. It's a story of resilience, and it's a story of of the one woman's determination. You know, to to act to 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 do what's right for her. What was the significance of the title? Is it the original one since conception? Yeah. So. It's, it's 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 crazy. My friend jokes that I'm good at I'm good at um, giving titles to stuff. Um, but, <laughs> but um but but actually it was so initially so initially I didn't have a title. So when I, I when I got the idea, uh, when I when I got the idea, I, I didn't I didn't know what what um what I wanted to title it right. But I remember the the very first draft I started writing. 
it was the very first chapter I started writing. The first, the, the, very, the first sentence in, in the book was tomorrow I become a woman. So it was, it was actually supposed to start a day before, um, to, a day before Uju's wedding to Ozzy. That was the initial introduction before I actually, um, you know, ch um, changed the, when I was redrafting. Mm -hmm. And I remember after I wrote the first chapter, then I didn't have a title for the book. And then I wrote like one or two chapters then. And I remember looking at it and I was like, wait, this is actually a good, a good title. Tomorrow I become a woman. <laughs> because that's essentially what this book is. And, and because one thing that, um, and a strong thing throughout the book was, it was there's a, there's a very obvious shifting goalpost for women, you know, if we have mm. to be honest. Mm. When, when you actually become a woman, you know, so it, so and, 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 and I realized, because then I didn't know what I wanted to write, and I realized then that, this this actually represents the essence of the book. When do you become a woman? Is it when you know it's when you oh, when you get your message, you're you're now a woman, you know. Mm -hmm. But then you're like, ah, you're not you're not married. No, you're now you're married. You're now a woman, you know. Mm -hmm. you're, 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 oh, you have your first child. Oh, you're now a woman, you know. You have your first son, you're now a woman, your child marries, oh now, you know. So it's like at one point are you actually a woman? What is this moving goal post mm -hmm. of being a woman? What makes you a woman? And I remember and I was like, this, this is it. And it was, it, it was something that actually stuck with me. And so, yeah, so, so that's how I came about with <laughs> Nice. That actually makes a lot of sense. So what inspired you to write this book? What made you want to tell this particular story? Um, so um, I, it's, it's written on the, on the flap cover, but it was actually loosely based on stories of women I know. Hmm. But what really inspired it was um, after... So during so during my masters, I met I made a friend, and she was and I made a friend in my apartment complex, and she was in a very difficult marriage. Mm. I remember I tried to convince her to leave, and she didn't. She's still in the marriage actually, okay. and then also like oh, all all my years, I've heard so many stories. You know, I mean, as a Nigerian, there's no way you don't know like one auntie or one yes. cousin. Yes, that, like, you're right. You, you yes, it's sadly a very popular story. Very, you know, so and and especially if like maybe you have parents that maybe older than their siblings, people always bring their matters. You understand? Mm. And if I, I remember, I, I tried to convince her to leave, and I'd also like seen like from close, very close relatives, I'd seen their own struggles in difficult marriages. And I just and I and after I could because this is someone that's like basically my age. I think she's a year or two older than I am, and. And, oh. it really, and it really hit me. I was talking to someone, a friend of mine then, and the person was giving me the usual Nigerian lecture on how I shouldn't be encouraging divorce. And, mm. and I remember also, and this, is, and this again, this is someone around my age. And I'm like, if people my age are talking like this, what is, what, is there hope, you know? Is there hope for us? Because I remember what really radicalized me, and I always talk about it in general, what really radicalized me as a person was reading Joys of Motherhood in secondary mm. school. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I read the joys of motherhood, I kept reading to the end, like, where is the joy, you know? And at a 13 year old, then I swore to myself, like, this is not going to be my life. I always say that that book radicalized me, but I, I, I told myself, this will not be my life. I don't even know how it's going to happen, but this, this cannot be. So, so for me, it was very sh sh shocking to hear someone my age speaking like that. And I remember I told him, I said, I'm going to write about it. And he laughed, you know, till today, because this person is still my friend. And, and thankfully, his opinions about marriage and divorce have, have evolved over time. But and so, so today, we actually laugh about it. But I, I told him, I'm going to write about it. And he laughed. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, write about it. And then one day, I actually sat down. I was like, I'd never written um, a novel before. Because years ago, I, I don't, I've, I've always been a reader. I just, I just love to read and to just escape. And growing up, I didn't travel a lot. So, mm. but it was kind of how I traveled and I always wanted to know so how I learned more about like other cultures. So I'd always read, but I'd never written. But I remember one day I sat down and I was like, you know what? I actually try writing this thing. I read now. So if you, if you read, you should have a good idea of what is terrible or what's not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. So I'm like, okay, do you know why not give it a shot? If you, if it, they're, they're like, cause I, I have a, I have, um, I have like um, this. I have this um, mentality that you know, it's not, it's not, it's not impossible. If somebody has done it, it's not impossible, you know. Mm -hmm. And, and so when I sat down, I opened, um, I opened my laptop and I just, 
and I wrote down everything that that really really upset me about you know, different situations that seemed like I literally wrote a list, and then and then I wrote chapter numbers and I and I and I and I, and I put different in different chapters and then a story came and then <laughs> it's a very crazy, a very crazy story yeah, inside right but so that was actually what inspired the book. There's this app I used to um, track my reading. It's called mm-hmm. Storygraph, and in that mm-hmm. one, it's I, I feel like it's better than Goodreads for for reader. It's very reader centric. So mm-hmm. when you're yeah. doing it, when you're doing a review for a book you finished, it'll ask different questions like, um, did you was it a character or plot based? Did you enjoy mm-hmm. all the characters? With the flaws of the character forefront and for this book it was very difficult to answer did you love all the characters part because <laughs> there are so many people i just wanted to 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 invoke all the fictional women that that kill into this book to just come and start chopping people off one by one <laughs> so I, I can't say i enjoyed all the characters but i appreciated how vivid and memorable they all were because they were so well written that I, I could see them, I could see their mannerisms, I could see their sneers, I could see their, oh my God, I could see their actions. So did you develop the characters as you wrote or you already knew them before you started writing? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think, to be quite honest, for, for specific people, <laughs> For specific people, I had certain people in mind when I was writing about them, to be quite fair. Mm. So, um, so, obviously, I can't share who, just in case they ever listen to this, I don't get into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but I had, I, 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 um, so I had specific people, obviously, like, you can never write a character that's exactly like someone else, you know. Mm-hmm. So the characters did evolve as, as I, as I, as, um, as, as I went on, you know, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to answer properly. Um, for example, so Uju, for example, I, I knew who I wanted Uju to be, mm. but I think right now about, I think a lot of writers who agree with me is that as you write, you get to know the characters mm. and the characters help you tell the story. I don't know how to put it in yeah. a better way. Yeah, in like, the sense they, that, like they take on their own um, yes. personality outside yeah. outside of the pages yes so like you feel like you can see this person you can like this is someone you know and that was something and and, and that was something i tried to um make sure i didn't lose that so I, so I was like okay would this person do this would this person say this you know is this this person and i so because I, I really i really wanted the readers to see these people as real as possible you no know, i didn't i didn't i don't didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to make it fairy tale in any way yeah. so I didn't, I didn't want to make it fairy tale in any way. So I, I um so I had a very, I had a decent picture when I started of, of the characters. I tried, I think I had a very good picture of Gozi. I had a very good picture of Gozi. I had a very good picture of 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 um, Uju's mother as well. Mm. Uju's personality sort of evolved with me because I had someone in mind. But then as I but then as I wrote on, you know, it was like I knew this person. I you know, at that at that. And and also, I tried to feel her pain through the pages, and, and I was like, you know, when I because I think it's obviously <laughs> I, I can't give spoilers, but as it, when you read the book, you, you kind of also notice um, how she loses a bit of herself over time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it's something that anyone that has been through trauma can attest to. You know, that confident, that vibrant yeah. person. She, you know you, you start doubting yourself you start questioning you, you become a shadow of the of the person mm. you, when certain things happen and and it was something i really saw to be honest with, with people around me so I, I, I tried someone in particular i know like so someone that was you know and then over the years you can see the self-doubt you can see you know and you and it really hurt me and i really and i really wanted to write it and i wanted I always wanted, I wanted so I wanted somebody to feel the way I felt when I read the when I wrote the, when I read the joys of motherhood. I want like the way that radicalized me. I really yeah. wanted to really wanted someone to feel that way as well, you know, and make a decision for themselves that nah. <laughs> Did any of the characters become bigger than you anticipated? 
explosive. <laughs> I mean, he's such a, I feel like he's such a vivid character. I don't know how to explain it. Mm. Like, you, 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 I, I don't know if, obviously, so, so readers are definitely wanted to kill him. But, but, but in a way, you also sympathize with him in some, in some way because he's, he's, because he's also a victim, you know? I'm sorry, but, I did not see that. I'm no, 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 definitely, I understand that, but I'm saying, like, he changed that, I, I can't give spoilers, oh my god, but then, what I mean, is, what I mean by, by that is, like, like, for example, I could, I, I just knew in my head that I couldn't kill up Gozi, it was just too, <laughs> it was, I actually get where you're coming from, but see, my brain was very open-minded <laughs> when it came to Gozi, like, um, I will mm-hmm. go, to, I will go to jail. Yeah, yo, that, uh, <laughs> I will take my punishment. is I think I also wanted uh, the the chapter where you know the when the military government changes, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, and then what happens afterwards. That, yeah. that, that's that, that's not spoiled, is it? That doesn't spoil mm, it. That's not <laughs> so like, and then what happens after? You know, you know, there's a there's a there's a market shift in, in his character after mm-hmm. after the event. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 in, and in many ways, you know, obviously he wasn't the perfect the, the perfect person before that. Yeah. But then after but then after that, there's like this person that emerges that is literally a, a monster. You know, mm-hmm. and then and then and then the question is. Would he have become that person if what happened didn't happen, you know? And in many ways, we are also, we are all a victim of our environment, you know? Sure. How, many, how many people had, like, Nigeria has happened to so many people. Wow. Like, we say, Nigeria happened to you, you know? Yeah. Like, we'll, yeah. We'll, like, let's be honest, both of us wouldn't be the way we are, you know, if not for, if not for Nigeria, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I speak to friends that live, in, that live in the U.S. or live in other countries. There's a level of there's a little laxity in the approach to life that I can't relate to it, you know, because like every day, literally, like your mind is survival, you know, yes. and even when you live in Nigeria, even when you live in Nigeria, you cannot not have that mindset because it's how you are, you know. So, 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 there's, so I really wanted to show that and how, and, and, and there, there's so many people like Gozi during that period that their families never heard from again, you know, mm. that, you know, and to to imagine the the, the 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 children, the wives, like just imagine what happened to them, you know, and their life afterwards. So Nigeria happens to a lot of people, and I really wanted that. I wanted that to be clear. Like I didn't want it to look like, oh, this person just has always just been like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Most times people aren't the way they are just because they are the way they are. True. Like like you have to trace it back to so even the most terrible of people, you have to trace it back to something. Mm-hmm. And so that was. And I wanted to be clear, but but, but that I think that was the character that as I went on, I I, I just and then obviously when, then when power and money comes into the mix, yes. it's such a it's such a, you mm. become it's it's you know even even with people that were generally relatively decent, when power and money come into play, it's always something you have to be careful of not to be, become a totally different person, you know? Mm. And so that's one thing. But then, but, but I think, I, even, even, even though, it, it, like, that, 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 that was a terrible character, I, I would say I enjoyed writing the character. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed writing Which part mm-hmm. of the book gave you the most challenging time? And when you wrote an emotion, because there were a lot of them, when you wrote mm-hmm. an emotionally draining scene, how, how, did you get out of the mood? How are you? Wow. I have my answer to that. The, the most <laughs> the most challenging um, scene to write was what um what happened to Chinelo. Mm. Oh. I cried. Like, oh my god. Yeah, I, I cried. I cried. I, I actually cried. Like I had to take breaks. Mm. I held a light bit and I'll I'll, I'll like I'll be crying too much, and you know I'll stop. Um, that was definitely the most challenging. Okay. That, that was it. That was difficult, you know. How did I get get out of it? Ah, uh, I don't know how did I get out of it. <laughs> I guess you 
feelings. Yeah, because yes, yeah, because you know, because one of the reasons why I wrote this in the first person is because I really, I I wanted to feel the emotions. You know, I wanted like. Like when you, when you, when you, when you, when you said to me, you know, I felt like I, I felt like I knew these people when I was reading. That really touched me, and that and that meant a lot to me, to be honest. Because, and that still means a lot because that's that that was that that exactly what I wanted my readers to feel when I when I started writing. So I wanted to actually, even though I cried and I had to take breaks, I wanted to feel these emotions because I wanted whoever was reading to feel these emotions as well. Mm. I, I really so to be honest, like I really put myself in the mood, like. I don't know how to explain to you. Like I, I, I literally like had actor. Yes, exactly. Like I literally told, like I put myself in Uju's shoes, and I was like, "This happened to my friend." Yeah. How? Like I, I pictured like my dearest friend. Mm. Like how would you feel? And the tears came, and I would. As, as I was writing, I was crying, you know, like I'll take breaks, I'll come back, I'll cry again. But then I wanted, like, for me, it was like, you're doing this for this. Do you get it? Like, it's like, <laughs> it was, like you're sacrificing this, like, because I wanted people to feel it, you know, and, and it was with really, and it was, and it was the same with other um, emotional scenes in a different way. Like, when I was writing about um, Uju and Aki in the car, mm. I to let's get it on oh my god like my bit like <laughs> i know like the i know every bit of that song i listened to that song i listened i listened i listened like i wanted to feel it i wanted to feel it and 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 that was that was one thing that was very important for me i wanted people to feel it like i want like i want to feel i want to feel it so strongly that my reader had no choice but to feel it <laughs> <laughs> for me, I definitely felt it, and from everybody I know who has read it, things were felt a lot of. <laughs> I mean, so I thank you. <laughs> that, that, that means a lot. To be quite honest. <laughs> okay, so I read in an interview that you did with the Republic that mm -hmm. you already have a draft of the next book. Yes. <laughs> Do you have a working title, and can you share what it's about? I don't know if I can share the working title, so I'm an editor. Will not grab my neck. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, we'll be among the first people to know when the, the title is. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, yes, hopefully. But but I do have I do have a I do have a working title. I don't know if it will be the final title. I don't want to share because we haven't gotten to the stage yet where we can say, oh, this is the final title. You know, we are still in the editing phase. And after that, I'm like, oh, this is the final title. I will do something else. So, Oh, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yes. But can you share what it's about? Yes, def definitely, absolutely. You know, I want to. Oh, um, I, I feel like we're. I'm upset. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel. <laughs> so uh, I feel like in general we are we're very. The second book is quite different from the first, and not in a bad way. Hopefully, that's what the readers think. But <laughs> for my friend who already said it's not, it's quite different in the sense that it's it follows the, the stories of the three daughters, um, the three. So the, we have the three main characters in Tomorrow I Become a Woman. Mm. Um, we have, um, Uju. We have um, we have Uju. We have um, Adam. We have Chinino, right? Yeah. And 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 then they all have three daughters that are born roughly within the, like within a year of each other, right? Mm -hmm. And and I, I really wanted. So I'm very keen on the subject of trauma, and I think I mentioned in the Republic interview as well. It's 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 something we are we are, we are a product of our environment. Yes. We wouldn't be who who we are now if the things that happened we didn't have. To be first of all, one thing that's really irked me for the past. Two three years, which is crazy, is is, is the, the lottery of birth. Seventy mm. percent of the people we become is determined by who ever gives birth to us. <laughs> <laughs> like the family you find yourself in, yeah. um, because it determines so much. It's, it's 
determined so so much and i really wanted to explore that and i and i i try to do that a bit tomorrow i become a woman but in the next book i feel that's where i really really went into it in in, in, in full because i wanted to see i wanted i wanted to sh to show how look at ego that raised a mother like would you right how how would she turn out? How would someone raise a mother like Ada turn out? How would someone raise someone like Chinilo? And then everything that happens to Chinilo, how would that how would how would a child like that turn out? You know, because then you also have to think about that the fact that that child will not only have to deal with what happened, you know, the, and then you have to think about there's also the tribal tension there, yeah. you know. Yeah. There's also the, 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 there's there, there's also just the overall the overall responsibility of being the first daughter in that kind of situation you know so so i really i really really wanted to explore that you know what happens then what how does what, what kind of life does this person lead and and i was and i was really excited and i was really excited writing, writing about it because it's um it's it's it's, it's very it's very, it's more modern than my woman <laughs> so i feel like a lot of a lot of younger people be, will be able to to relate to that as well it's more modern and and but then it's also explored the same issues around you know womanhood but maybe not in as in in as obvious yeah. way as tomorrow does but it's you still see it you know and then explores relationships and explores i i, I can't i can't i i always i i told my answer that i i I, the book literally tortured me until I, until I had a first I really wanted to write it. I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I just I wanted to explore. How did you eventually get the get it published? Like, what was the journey like from idea to idea in your head to manuscript to finished copy in your hands? What was the journey like? Well, the journey was crazy. So just to, just to encourage anyone that's really listening, it took me from idea to to published at uh, six years. Oh, wow. So yeah, so I started writing. So I, to, to, to be quite honest, maybe almost seven because I I got the idea. I, the all the thing that happened with my friend happened in twenty fifteen, mm. and I, I was talking to that my friend. Let's say November twenty fifteen, and I told him I'll write it, and then. We laughed about it and we forgot about it but then in but then it just never left me and in february 2016 i sat down one day because i, I had i literally had full time and i was applying and then i was just like okay let me just try this thing and i and i, I drafted i drafted an outline let's say february 2015 then like let's say i started writing proper end of february early march yeah. and i didn't have and then i got it i started working that's in 2016 so and like I said, I didn't really have a life. So I'd written, let's say, 12 chapters before I started working. By the time I started working, I didn't have a life. So I didn't finish writing the book until September 2018. Um, that's when I, I had the first draft, like a complete first draft. It was insanely long. It was insanely long. Let me just be honest. It was like 160, like 160K words, something crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> You know, my friend was like, are you crazy? <laughs> and I remember I had like, okay, I like, okay, let me, I took a break to edit. I sent it to a friend to read. And she was like, oh, it's, it's really likes it and this and that and that. And then I Googled and I edited it. Um, I finished editing that same September. And then I, I edit faster than I write, by the way. So <laughs> I, did, like, my, I, I always like, I, I always try to write first. I finished writing because editing works great for me in the sense that like i i edit like i think it's working with con in consulting you cannot have personal attachment to your work like that's a your whole document can be burned down like like that takes like 15 minutes 20 minutes you can cancel everything or the clients can come back and say they want something entirely different so so for me so like so i always joke like i, I edit like a consultant right like i go like, okay this is not my work i'm reading somebody's work how do we how where, where do we get what do we do so I edited then, and then I, I still didn't really know much about the publishing industry, to be to be honest. Like I honest, like no, I didn't know much. I knew nothing, nada, because I've never. I, I wouldn't say I, I will like growing up. I can, I can never say oh I wanted to be a writer. Yeah. That would be that would, that would be false. I it was it wasn't like that for me. I liked reading. I loved reading. I love my literature teacher. 
I exchanged books with her and everything. And we're still friends on Facebook to today. And she was still commenting the other day on my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, thank you so much, Miss Aretha. As if she, you know, but, but then I used to exchange books then. But then I never thought, and, and obviously I enjoyed writing like stuff we used to do in class, but it was not something that, I remember one, once my dad, because I used to go, go book shopping and, I, and my dad was like, you always read them, I know, right? And I told him, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> When I have something to say, all right. So and it, was, and it was just something casual I said. But then I finally felt like I had something to say. And, uh, and I so I Googled how do you get published? And 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 I was be honest, Google is a lifesaver because like I had all these like pages come out about you know getting published ab- abroad and the, the the process for it and, and things like that. And I remember thinking, okay, how do I query, query people? And because you have to query agents, and I remember I query. I, I had to um, clean up my manuscript a bit. I queried, I queried, I, I queried. I, I, I finally started working with someone in, I queried, I got so many no's. Like anyone that's going to query, let me just tell you, you're going to get a lot of no's. Like you're going to get, like don't, the first no I got was so devastating. Oh, you know, but after, like it was so devastating because it was my first no, right? And I was so sad. I remember. I was out for like a week after, like, I can't be sad. My friend stand up. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started querying more people because I really, really liked that um, particular person. But then eventually someone said yes, you know. I remember I kept querying because like, someone would say yes. And obviously I still had this ridiculously long manuscript. And so she was like a very young agent um, at a, at a, at a, at, um, at, at, a um, at an agency in, in NY. And then she was just very excited to um, to work on on this new project with me. And so we had a call. She told me to talk to some of our clients. I did, and we started working on editing it. So she had like a direction for the book. So she, I'll credit her with really giving me a better idea on how to edit the book because then I was I didn't really understand what she was saying I should do. So I was a bit confused. Like, okay, was the person was the person black or no? It was a white person. Oh, okay. No. Right. So she, so she, so she was like, okay, this and that, um, and then we edited, we edited. But I think she also felt like my, she didn't, she didn't. But then, uh, to cut the long story short, as at this was this was end of twenty eighteen, as at twenty nineteen, I kind of felt like she wasn't really interested in the book anymore. You know, when you feel something. Because if, but you're not, you're not, but you're not, you know, setting like I, I could feel it, you know, and then I told her, no, that I'm trying to work on it, blah, blah, blah. And then we kind of just, I just kind of hit the woodblock. Like, I didn't know what else, like, what did she want me to do with this manuscript? I didn't really get the picture she wanted, direction she wanted me, wanted, she wanted me to go with it, and I didn't really get it. And I remember, I always say that this whole thing was fatal. Like I said, I, I didn't, I started following, trying to follow, like, some literary accounts on, on Twitter, this was in 2019. I remember I stumbled on brittle paper. Mm. I only followed brittle paper then, so I followed brittle paper, and I was like, I was just scrolling on Twitter, and I just saw the the um, ad for Chimamanda's um, Writers Workshop. That's the Purple Hibis course um, fund. Yeah. And, I, and I was like, oh, maybe I should try this. I could I could just use like maybe an excerpt from what I've written so because I won't write anything else. Mm. Maybe. Maybe you know I get in, and so I did that, and I wrote this whole like bio of oh, you know, like I tried to make my bio look nice, so you know, like oh, I did have an agent, you know, but <laughs> maybe they were considering me that kind of thing. But luckily, you know, they got back to me. Like I thought, like okay, no, I'm not going to get it, and then they got back to me, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah. And I, I and I remember when it was in Anambra, which was in November 2019, and I just November 2019. It was such a wonderful experience in that. I met other writers, obviously, and mm. as someone that that's more from a finance background, and you know, most like oh, my best friends are, are accountants like me because we went to school together. Yeah. My, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a very financy person, so 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 it was really just nice to be in that sort of space mm. and to just and to speak with people like, and to listen and because so and then one thing I I feel that like that workshop really helped me realize was you can write at any point in time. It might be crazy, it might sound crazy, but I can also say some situations where people are like no mentally in the right space and things like that. That's very different. What I mean by that is you normally know, say, Oh, I have to be in the mood, like this has to be here, sunshine has to be here. Oh, I lie. <laughs> Do you know how I mean? Because we like we'll just be sitting down in class and then I remember um 
I wanted to be able to relate with these women, you know, and it's not just suffering and you know, and sadness and stuff like they should be like these are real people, you know. Yeah. And I remember I went back after that. This was early December 2019. I went back and I was really inspired. This was just a I was a week's workshop and it was and it was really, really lovely, you know, and the 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 um the stores were lovely to us. Um it was I was really lovely. You know, that was really nice too. Like they 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 always willing to answer our questions and just I always felt like, like such a com- communal um, environment. And then obviously Chimama Chima herself, like she would really like she answered a lot of questions and then she would she and then we and then she really spoke about the issue of agenda, you know. She told us to submit um, stories to her and then she would read each, each story and then she would read each story and give all of us like honest feedback. So like sometimes she'll be with us till like 11 p.m., 12 midnight. Just answering, so I, I really felt like on their on their parts, there was a level of love for them, you know. Mm. So, um, so after the workshop, I came back and I was like, I was really so inspired. I remember everybody kept asking me like, "Oh, how did they go?" Because I had to take leave from work. Like I didn't go for the for the um, I didn't go for. We had like a retreat then. I couldn't go. I couldn't go for the QR. I had to apply for like a leave from work. So obviously, that was like that was literally what announced my absence. So like, oh, where did you go? And I was really, you know, saying like, oh, I was, I'm so inspired and everything. So I remember, so I didn't, I didn't write throughout to the end of that year. Sorry, I'm taking so long. And then in January 2020, um, I started writing again. I just wrote down all my ideas. I took the rest, like I just wrote down all my ideas. Then I cannot forget it. January 5th, I didn't resume that work January 4th after the holiday. And then January 5th, every day after work for like three weeks. I started driving out after work every day. Just I wrote the entire book in three weeks, and I'm not joking. Oh wow! I'm not joking with you. That was how inspired. So impressive. <laughs> like I opened, thank you. I opened like a black bank document, and I wrote the entire book in three weeks. And I remember I sent, I sent it to my agent then, and I and I and I. Same one, yes. But my agent already lost interest in the book, mm. so she, after she was like, nah, she's not like after like after like. I think it was like in March, early March, she got back to me that she was leaving the country and she um she she was leaving the US and she didn't think she wanted to work with me anymore. So that was really I'm I'm just telling you, so in case anyone that may be open to me, right? At least is listening. It's not it's not an easy um it's not an easy um journey in any way. Like I've I've heard crazy crazy stories, like I've heard 200 news, like I've heard like it's never a lot of people have stories to tell. And so anyway. After that, so I was like, what do I do? What do I do? Okay, I have to go back to the beginning, start praying again. But there's a particular there's a particular agent assistant that really liked my work then, but then her agent didn't like it. So so her agent, her own agent, like the agent she was assisting, didn't like it. And so I reached out to her. Oh, do you still work? But then she was trying to find somebody else that would like it before my agent, my my then agent offered. And so I reached out to her again and I was like, hi, um, so crazy thing, I'm back. <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> I don't have an agent anymore. You know, we decided to part, um, part ways. Um, and she's like, oh, that she's no longer an agent anymore. But she she did make friends in the industry and she can recommend me to a few people. And I was like, okay, great. And that was how I met my current agent. It took a Yes, and it was crazy. So I was still querying on my own actually. No, my, and and then suppose then she before she finally got back to me because her initial email wasn't working because of where she had left the firm and so I had to be I, I googled her and I, I found her email through like a, <laughs> like like in a crazy way like her personal email mm. and that's how I was able to get in um, touch with her. I I even had to I think I I'm as I was able to get get in touch with her and then she was very nice so she she um she referred me rather to this to 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 my current agent. So my obviously my current agent was like very busy. She didn't really like have my time. She took like a couple of months before she got back to me. So in that time, I still had all sorts of up and down because other people, yeah. other people were telling me no. At the same time, I was reaching out to different people. Other people were telling me no. Then somebody told me. Then somebody else at an agency, a really wonderful lady. She we had a call and she was like, "I really want to represent this book." So the standard um the standard procedure in in um, in publishing is once you once someone offers you reach out to other people to let them know that mm-hmm. an offer and then my current agent was like oh i'm so i've been so busy i'm so sorry I, I, i'm 
I've read a book. Can we have a call? You know, okay, I'm just and then so we had a call. I just really liked her. You know, I still like her. She's such a weather. <laughs> and she was and and then she's like, oh, I think it's great in the formula. It is. We just need to make a couple of changes here and there, and then I we can go into them, submit it to. You know, I have already have a list of people I think can submit it to. Yeah, I said, like, right. Is, is she also white? It's also Caucasian as well. She's British, actually. She's in. She's in. Yeah, she's British. Um, she um, Catherine Summer. She's a, she's a really wonderful person. She's so kind and like friendly and you know, like she's very um, she's, she's and you know she's she's and she's always yeah she's always willing to make time as well. You know, um, even when I was like anxious about my like publishing and everything, and also she then she found me an editor and. And my editor is also, I, I know I can exaggerating. These people are genuinely wonderful people. So my editor is not my editor is not my editor is not Caucasian. She's um um she, she's British, but she's um she's Asian actually. So yeah, so yeah. So and it was one of you and and it was and right, that's why I genuinely believe that this was an act of God, because at every single point in time different things have happened that have just been like for example that would me find out that lady's email and her like the the, the the and her referring me to my current agent you know mm. and my current editor she so she was feeling my current editor was feeling in for someone that was sick the person my the person no not sick the person was not around the person was on vacation or something i can't remember the person was not on seat as we say in nigeria <laughs> and, <laughs> and so my, my agent reached out to this person who was much older like an older white man, I think, or woman. I'm not sure. I think it was an older white man. And then the person was like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not currently around, but um give it to Kaya to read for me, you know, like Kaya to read, and then she can not to read for me, to read, you know, she might be interested in in acquiring this book. And she read it and then she was like so excited. And I, I just really liked her excitement and her and now we become really good friends, actually. Um, so so like so that's that's my journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yes. It's very inspiring because I, I think a lot of people who get very demotivated by the whole queries and the no's, it's very tough, especially those from these parts. It's like, where, it's, it, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? Coupled mm-hmm. with the madness happening in the house. So I, I, yeah, I, I, hope, I hope this story actually inspires someone out there. I really, I really, I really hope it does. I, I got over 15 rules when I was querying, like in total. Like when they actually sat down, I counted. <laughs> <laughs> I counted. I was like, how many knows them? I was like, I got I didn't know at the point when like an arrow stops pacing. I was like, you said no to me. Thank you. <laughs> so please don't be like, don't really do because like, I have no idea. I have no background, you know. But I also want to say like, as like keep like um keep reading more and keep. And also like keep reading more and keep editing and keep improving mm. like your, your your manuscript every point of the way like just keep improving like you never know you never you really never know but and i actually feel it's like if you read a lot the more you read the more you're inspired to write yeah and i found that to be true for myself and and now and then if you get distracted reading on your phone buy physical books that helps me a lot because my phone is like my bane of my existence well um I found that like reading more has really, really helped me in general. And also, like you know when your book is ready. Like I remember when I edited in January 2020, I knew it. Like I don't know how to explain it. I just when I finished that edit, I was like, I was like, I can buy this book. <laughs> I like as a reader, ah no, I feel by this thing. <laughs> you understand? So like when you read, you kind of have it. Like obviously there will be still rough um rough edges there and there, but you kind of if you read the book, you kind of know when, okay, this is really decent. We are going somewhere. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you listen to audiobooks? No. Because um, so when I read... So, so what you're saying is that you do not listen to your own audiobook. Oh, I, I was forced to. So, like, my editor sent it to me. She's like, oh, this is the audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she sent it to me and she's like oh yeah so you're done with it um um the person in charge of of the recording and everything the producer he just sent it to listen to it i think it's really and she, you know, she had her, all her comments about how it's really great and everything and how I, I, I can't be on serious i'm not listening to this thing so i listened to it i listened to like a very good portion of it and because even before the recording i was also involved in like 
in the selection of, of, the, of the person that, you know, oh, okay. that recorded. I was about so, to ask that. You know, I was involved. So like they sent samples of like three different people and they're like, oh, who do you? And everybody really liked a particular person. So I listened to like all the other samples and I also really liked that person. So so I read the audio. I, so I listened rather to the audio book when it was sent to me. But I think that's the only audio book I've listened to <laughs> <laughs> in like a long time. Like I've tried, it's not like I haven't. So I think the thing is, I have a very active mind, hmm. right? So I really, like, so generally when I, I, I have to read, on, I, I generally like, reading shots of all the many voices oh. like all the many thoughts in my head mm. so hearing another person's voice is a bit you understand so like I get for me, I get it's you. like so reading is like me and then i'm imagining i'm seeing it in my mm. head someone- these days a lot more readers are conscious about trigger warnings and even authors add them to like the front of the books yeah have you had any experience where you'd have appreciated a trigger warning when reading a book? Maybe I'm maybe I'm a criminal, but no. <laughs> well, you are like me. Me, I, I I prefer the book to break me. Like yeah, shock, shock me with whatever trauma okay. is for me. Um, I, no, I, I understand for certain people it's like it's a, it's so important to them. But for me, I feel I find the joy in discovering it, mm. right? Mm. Like let me read the book. I'm like ah, let <laughs> my mouth open. Let <laughs> like, my mouth open as I'm reading the book. You know, but because when you say oh trigger warning, I'm like ah trigger warning. And this one, ah. it, it kind of maybe puts you off a bit. Does that mean mm. or you're not conscious? Like you're waiting for it to yeah, jump you're out. Waiting like, for it to jump out. Like I said, um, this thing is here. Well, let, let me. You get what, you get what I mean? Mm. So it's kind of like when someone tells, like if you're walking into a house and someone tells you that house is haunted. They're just waiting for when the spirit will come out. <laughs> It was really lovely to meet you and to have this conversation. It's been longer than expected, but it's I been know, really, right? <laughs> but it's really been enjoyable. And I've learned, I think I've, I think I've also learned, like I've actually learned something. So it was not something more than something. <laughs> from this. <laughs> so thank you. We'll be keeping in touch. Definitely.